Well, welcome to our 28th episode of Spurbs Herbs. Today, we're going to be talking about Guizhertang. Uh, again, I should, you know, my warning about my, my Chinese pronunciation, but Guizhertang, cinnamon twig decoction. This is, if not the most important formula, or one of the mo- it is definitely one of the most important formulas in all of Chinese medicine. So we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about that. And without further ado, we have a lot to talk about. Um, so let's get into it. So I am uh, just so you know, I am finishing up my drug herb interaction webinar series. If you're interested in herbs, you should at least know something about drug herb uh, drug herb interactions. If you want to know about drugs, how they interact with herbs, and how they act according to Chinese medicine, this is the series for you, my drug herb interaction webinar series. I would suggest everyone would get a ton of information from the first two courses in this series. First one is the basics of pharmacology, where we discuss how drugs and by the same token herbs work on the body. And our second episode, second course is drug herb interactions and the matrix, which describes major risk factors for interactions. It gives you a unique, powerful, real world tool for assessing them. You're going to leave with a really powerful tool that that I created and I'm teaching it now to a class of students and they're loving it. So it's a fantastic real world tool. Uh, Check out this series and all of my online and live California acupuncture board continuing education units and National Certification Commission of Acupuncture and Oriental Medicine professional development activity courses, go to www.integrativemedicinecouncil.org. That's Integrative Medicine Council, C-O-U-N-C-I-L.org, and you'll get all the information. Thank you. So on today's episode... We are going to talk about possibly the most important foundational formula in all of Chinese herbology, Guizhertang. Understanding this formula is often a first step for students understanding most, if not all, formulas. And of course, there will be something a little different as we discuss the protective or Wei Qi and nutritive or Yin Qi. So let's start this boat a rowing. So first, we're going to start about we're going to talk about Yin and Wei Qi. Uh, because that's very important in the discussion of this formula. A few episodes back in episode 25, specifically, we talked about qi, what it is and, and its concept and all of that. And I mentioned there were several types of qi in the body. Today, we're going to talk about two, actually, we're going to talk about three types of those qi, of that qi, but two in particular, protective or wei qi and nutritive or ying qi, that's ying is the Chinese way, is the Chinese term for protective or nutritive. To talk about ying and wei qi, we must, however, start by talking about zhen, or true qi. So true or zhen qi is the qi that the final step of refinement and transformation from qi gathered from food and water. It is that final step. So this is before it actually gets used a lot by the body. This is the, that is that is what true qi is. It is the qi that circulates in the channels, nourishes the organs, it originates in the lungs, that we get our qi from the air, and explains the lungs' function of, quote-unquote, controlling the qi. And true qi has two forms of qi. 
first one is protective or wei qi, and the second is nutritive or ying qi. So that's where um, wei qi and ying qi are, are different forms of the chu qi. So um, not exactly different, just different aspects might be a better way to say it. So let's talk about ying qi. According to Machiocha, nutritive qi has the function of nourishing the internal organs and the whole body. It is closely related to blood, and flows with the blood vessels and in the channels. And this is the chi activated when a needle is inserted into an acupuncture point. So when we say we're affecting the chi by acupuncture, we're actually talking about more specifically, we're affecting the ying chi. Wei chi, defensive chi, is a coarser form of chi as it flows, according to Matsyosha, as it flows on the outer layers of the body, it is yang in relation to the nutritive qi, which flows in the inner layers and internal organs. The main function of the defensive qi is to protect the body from attacks of exterior pathogenic factors, including wind, cold, heat, and damp. It also warms, moistens, and partially nourishes the skin and muscles it adjusts the opening and closing of the pores and therefore regulates sweating. And chiefly, by, doing, by so doing this, it regulates the body temperature. So it really is sort of the way Qi, I like to think of it as sort of our interface with the, the outside world. Uh, this is how you know, our skin, our protection, our temperature all come from the way Qi. If acuity or deficiency of way Qi causes the body's defenses to be weakened against external pathogens, and the person will be prone to catching colds, frequent colds. They will also easily feel cold as the way qi is not warming the skin and muscles. Remember, one of the functions of qi is warming, and so if it's not circulating properly, if there's not enough to circulate properly, it can't warm the skin and muscles where this way qi is flowing. So way qi, very important. So let's, that's what Machiocha, if you're not familiar with Machiocha, that's, he wrote a book called The Foundations of, of Chinese Medicine. It is sort of the foundational book on the foundational concepts of Chinese medicine. Very, very widely used as a textbook in our field. And then now I want to I talk about a different author. His name is, is Huang Huang. And he wrote a book uh, we're going to talk a lot about today called The, the T Ten Key Formula Families. And uh, Guizhou Tang is definitely the first of those. We're going to see that in just a minute. But he also talked about nutritive and, uh, and protective qi, yin and wei qi. And so I wanted to kind of get his perspective. It's a little different. He kind of melds a little bit of, of Western medicine in there. So um, just to kind of flesh this out a little bit. So here's what he says. Nutritive or yin qi is the subtle yin qi that provides nourishment to the entire body. Protective or wei qi is the yang qi that circulates on the outside and protects the body from attack. So, so far, right in line with what Machiocha is saying. When the nutritive and protective qi are in harmony, then the body is in robust health. There's no predisposition toward getting sick, and sweating is normal. Conversely, spontaneous sweating, night sweats, aversion to wind or cold, easily catching colds and falling ill can be seen as a disharmony of the nutritive and protective qi. It can be seen that these two types of qi, nutritive and protective, 
are equivalent to the body's homeostatic and immune systems and play extremely important roles in maintaining the health of the body. So that's a brief, really brief introduction into ying and wei qi, or protective and, uh, and nutritive qi, uh, nutritive ying, protective wei. Um, why are we talking about these? Because it's really important to understand these concepts when we're talking about guizhou tang. And we're going to see why that is in just a minute. So hang with me. Let's, we're going to see how this all fits together. So right now, let's get into guizhou tang. So guizhou tang, just as an introduction, again, from, from Huang's book, The Ten Key Formula Families. Cinnamon twig decoction guizhou tang is the first formula mentioned in discussion of cold damage. So discussion of cold damage is shanghan lung. Is the, is the Chinese term for that. And if you're not familiar with that book, that is the first, along with the Jingwei, written by the same author, actually the same book, and then it got split later, um, is the first book that we have that talks about formulas, herbal formulas. We've had earlier books that can talk about individual herbs, um, but this one talks about formulas. Legend has it that this ancient prescription was created during the Shang Dynasty, by the Grand Minister Yi Yin. At that time, the Grand Minister was a highly accomplished chef. He compiled the collective experience of the Chinese people's use of medicinal herbs. Using his skill as a chef, he created all kinds of herbal decoctions. Cinnamon twig decoction was composed of the spices and seasonings of that era. There's no telling through how many years this formula had been, has been passed down or how many people have taken it. Chinese doctors call cinnamon twig decoction the crowning glory of all formulas. Everyone who studies Chinese herbal medicine invariably begins their study with this formula. So there you go. This is from Huang. So let's get into what is this formula. So the English translation of Guizhou Tang, as we've been saying, is cinnamon twig decoction. Other names for this are Yang Don Don, as in the the sun coming out. Yang Don decoction, uh, which in, in Chinese is Yang Don Tang. It's also just shortened to cinnamon decoction. I, I you know I like cinnamon twig decoction because we have two major cinnamon uh, herbs in Chinese medicine. One is this one, the twig, and the other one is rogue, which is the the bark is more of what we think of the spice of cinnamon. So. Um, just saying cinnamon decoction is a little nondescript to me, but that's okay. Also known as cassia twig decoction because technically it's not cinnamon, it's cassia. So that makes sense. And then cinnamon combination, sometimes it's called. This formula is in the category of formulas that release exterior wind cold. This is according to Scheid and his team. Or according to Chen and Chen, it's the same thing, just different translation acrid and warm exterior releasing formula. So there's this idea that we have an attack of wind cold and to treat it, we need spicy to open up the outside and warm formula to release the, the exterior so that it can escape. That's sort of the thought process behind this, this category of, of formulas. So what does this formula do? According to Scheid, it releases pathogenic, and, and his team, I shouldn't just say Scheid, but Scheid and his team, releases pathogenic influences from the muscle layer and regulates the nutritive and protective chi. So that's why we were talking about the yin and wei chi, the nutritive and protective chi. 
because that's what this this formula does is it regulates that make sure it's doing what it's supposed to be doing chin and tin very similarly says it releases the exterior and muscle layer and regulates the ying or nutritive of chi and wei or protective chi so almost the exact same thing just slightly different translation uh, you know I, I love comparing different books because where they differ we can learn a lot about perspectives on something so what are some indications uh, for this, for using this formula? According to Chinese medicine, Scheid and his team says the formula can be used for fever and chills unrelieved by sweating. That's usually what you hear a lot of in relation to this formula is unproductive sweat or perspiration. Because one of the things we do when we have a cold in Chinese medicine, we say you got to perspire to let it out. You got to sweat to let it out. So this is you are either... Uh, you, you sweat, but it still doesn't relieve it. That's what this, this is a great reason for using this formula. So fever and chills are relieved by sweating, headache, aversion to wind, stiff neck, nasal congestion, dry heaves, no particular thirst, a thin white and moist tongue coating, and a floating pulse that is either lax or frail. So floating pulse indicates that uh, when you put your fingers on the, on the, on the three pulse positions at each each hand that you can feel the pulse with very little pressure and then also as you start to press through it um, you don't feel it anymore so that's a floating pulse may also be used for a similar presentation of patients not suffering from an external invasion so that's one of the, the things about this formula is this, this is the traditional it's used for an external invasion but over time um, this and variations of it as we're going to talk about are much more it can have become much more internal in its use as well so Chen Chen, again, says it can be used for fever, common cold, influenza. So they're, they're taking a little bit more of a Western approach to these indications. So it's uh, fever, common cold, influenza, respiratory tract infections, allergic rhinitis, bronchial asthma, atrioventricular blocks, so those are heart conditions, testicular pain, hernia, appendicitis, sciatica, allergic purpura, so this is... Um, uh, allergy and you're getting a rash, a purplish rash, reddish purplish, itching, frostbite, eczema, urticaria, which is, is hives, enuresis, which is bedwetting, and hyperactivity disorder. These last two are going to be from children. All right. So all three of these books that we're looking at, so that's Shai, Chen and Chen, and, the, and Huang's book, The Tang Chi Formula Families, say that this formula was first mentioned in the Shanghan Lung Discussion of Cold-Induced Disorders by Zhang Zhang Jing in the Eastern Han Dynasty around 200 CE. So um, again, it's unusual when all the books agree, but this is, this is one of those times. So uh, there's very little controversy over where this was, the, the first appearance of this formula was. And, and remember this, this book, the Shanghan Lung, is a compilation of a, of a, of a doctor and these formulas were, were used or in an oral tradition long before they were written down. So just because this is the first written uh, mention of this formula doesn't mean that it wasn't being used for even centuries beforehand. All right. So let's talk a little bit about how Greater Tang, because it's so foundational, and the, those, that 10 key formula families uh, book by Huang is a very interesting book on and a, and a slightly different approach on how to use formulas. And so, but he, he has a great introduction to this. This is the first 
uh, formula in, that he talks about. It's the, it's the first formula family. So he has a great introduction to, to why this is so important. So let's get into it. So this is, uh, there's a very interesting book, as I mentioned, by Huang that breaks down the use of formulas by between families of formulas. Okay, so I mentioned that. So Guizhou Tang is just one of these formula families. It is not just one of these formula families. It's the first one. Uh, and he says it is in 44 out of 113 formulas in the Shanghan Lung. So that's that book we're talking about on cold damage. Now remember, this is a foundational book. So that's, that's you know, some people will say between this and the Jingwei, again, same book, just split apart later. Um, it's the Jingwei Yao Feng Lung uh, is the whole thing. And I don't have my 12 marks or anything, so excuse me. But, uh, and it's called the um, uh, Golden Cabinet is the short name for it. So uh, it's something like Formulas of the Golden Cabinet or something along those lines. And so these are foundational books, and a lot of herbal formula theory is based on this, so very important. So, uh, And then to say that this is such an important book and that over a third of the formulas in it are this formula, that's huge. That's how important this, this formula is. So uh, it's 44 out of 113 formulas in, that, in the Shahan Lung, treats lots of symptoms including fever, spontaneous sweating, body aches and pain, joint pain, headache, abdominal pain, diarrhea, cold limbs, feeling flushed, seminal emissions, so these would be like nocturnal emissions, um, palpitations, irregular heart, you know, irregular heartbeat, palpitations and awareness of your heartbeat, irregular heartbeat, wheezing, shortness of breath, superficial edema, uh, that's, you know, uh, swelling of, of the fluid, stagnant blood, and emotional disturbances. Interesting. It's actually can be used as a mental health formula. So he continues. Guajir is difficult to pin down to just one curative function and modern disease names given the scope of what this herb formula can do. It can be considered one of the most difficult to use herbs. Well, this is actually guajir. So this is the, the chief herb, not the formula. So it's the chief herb. Um, so it's, it's difficult uh, what the scope of this herb can do. It's just such a, a useful herb. It can be considered one of the most difficult to use herbs as well as one of the most fascinating. This is because it is an herb that confirms and treats a pattern of disharmony but doesn't cure a disease. This makes it a quintessential Chinese herb. These are the words of Huang Guang, by the way. So this, these aren't mine. Um, so this is what he's saying about this one herb, Guajir. Its functions include the ability to harmonize yin, open the yang, benefit water, cause qi to descend, promote dissipation of stasis, that's usually of qi or blood, and tonify the middle. So really useful. So one of the things that he does in his book really well is he, he boils down the presentation for each formula. And this is the, these are the presentations you would expect, and then you would use this formula to treat this patient. So he has that here for the cinnamon twig decoction presentation. It's composed of three aspects. So the first aspect is spontaneous sweating, aversion to wind, and either fever or a sense of feverishness. So if you have those things, then Guajir Tang might be a really good choice for you. So he, he explains this spontaneous sweating, refers to the patient breaking down a sweat from breaking a sweat from simply performing everyday actions. Aversion to wind refers to a sensitivity to wind and cold. And fever could be either an actual measurable fever or subjective sense of the entire body feeling feverish. 
So the second key aspect here is a subjective feeling of upward movement or pulsations, usually in the chest or abdomen, palpitations, and convulsions or stiff and tight muscles. So there's a grouping of them. So that you don't have to have all of them, but if you have a couple of these, then it, it, it hits the second aspect. These signs relate, he, he explains this, these signs relate to weakened or overactive functions of the nervous system. A sensation of upward gushing or shang chong gan, gan includes symptoms such as dizziness, feeling flushed, red face, insomnia, excessive dreaming, an upward surging feeling in the chest and abdomen, or pulsation in the area of the navel. Tight and spasmodic muscles include such problems as spasmodic pain in the stomach and intestines, tight rectus abdominis muscles, so those are your, your muscles again uh, over your stomach, and pain from hypertonicity, so um, too much tone of the muscles of the arms and legs. That's our second key aspect. Our third key aspect, key aspect here is a pulse that can be floating, which I mentioned earlier, or deficient or lax or rapid or large and without force. A tongue body that is pale and red or pale and dark and whose coating is thin and white. So we haven't talked a whole bunch about this in our in our podcast, but pulse and tongue are you know one of the, the, the main diagnostic methods we use in Chinese medicine. I like to say the pulse is our MRI scan of the body and the and the tongue is our CT scan of the body. And with by looking at that we can see what's happening in the whole body. And it takes years, if not an entire lifetime, to master. So it's 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 not an easy thing to just talk about in a podcast, but these are the aspects that are very important. So he explains these three aspects. First, when a floating pulse means being able to clearly feel the pulse when the fingers are just barely touching the skin. In practice, it is common to find that patients whose bodies are on the thin side generally have this type of pulse. And he does talk about the, the Guajir presentation. So that's the, the herb, not the herb formula. He talks about someone being thin and tall as a, as a typical presentation for that herb. The cinnamon twig decoction pulse is not only floating, but also commonly lax and unhurried, it, or maybe simultaneously deficient, which means that there is little or no force when you press on it. Sometimes the deficient and rapid pulse will also be seen. If only one of these three types of symptoms, one of those three key aspects, is seen, it cannot be said to be a cinnamon twig decoction presentation. However, if all three appear together, it is significant evidence of a cinnamon twig decoction presentation. I like this idea because basically what he's saying is um, it, it, these aren't definitive for cinnamon twig decoction, but if all three are there, it's very likely to happen. I like that because I think sometimes when we read these things, we think, well, I see this, this, and this, therefore it has to be that. Well, no, it's, it's giving evidence to that. And there can be other things that it can be as well. And so this, that's what he's basically saying here is if you have all three of those, it's likely to be a cinnamon twig decoction. It's not, it's significant evidence of the cinnamon twig decoction presentation, which means this can still be something else. I, I like that sort of thinking. It's like there's no A equals B in a lot of this. So from the Chinese medicine point of view, a cinnamon twig decoction presentation is the typical expression of exterior deficiency. That is um, something we'll hear a lot of in the commentary and what have you as we move forward. 
exterior and interior are complementary opposites, as are deficiency and excess. An illness located in the outer aspects of the body is considered exterior. Pathology in the sweat glands, skin, and subcutaneous tissues, joints, and upper respiratory tract is, for the most part, a manifestation of an exterior condition. Symptoms include fever, aversion to wind and cold, lack of sweating or abnormal sweating, body aches, a floating pulse, and a thin tongue coating. So that floating pulse I was talking about, that, that indicates an exterior condition. That's when we see the floating pulse happening. An illness of the internal organs is regarded as an interior condition. Pathology of the digestive, cardiovascular, endocrine, hematological or blood uh, related or central nervous systems is for the most part indicative of an internal condition. Symptoms could include abdominal pain and constipation or diarrhea, listlessness or irritability with an inability to calm down, fever with thirst or cold limbs with an aversion to cold, a deep pulse and a red tongue with a thick coating. That deep pulse means internal, the floating pulse, it means external. Clearly, if we look at all these symptoms, cinnamon twig decoction is indicated for an exterior condition. Again, that's all according to Huang Huang in his book. We'll, we'll touch some more on that book as we go along. But before we do, let's talk about the ingredients of this formula. So there, it's a, it's a relatively small formula. There's five ingredients, and let's talk about them right now. So the first ingredient, uh, the name of the formula the chief herb, or what we, we say an emperor herb sometimes, is cinnamomy ramulus or guay jir. Guay jir. And for this formula, we want to use nine grams. And it, this, this herb is from the warm, acrid herbs that release the exterior. So the, we said this formula is in the warm, acrid formulas that release the exterior. But this herb, this, this Chinese herb, is actually part of that, uh, is is part of the herbal, single herb category of the same name. So um, it's right in alignment. It releases externally contracted wind cold from the muscle layer, according to Scheid and his team. And Chen Chen similarly says, it releases wind cold from the exterior and muscle layer to relieve body aches and pains. Our second herb is um, Paeonia radix alba, or Bai Xiao. Uh, again, nine grams, and this this herb is from the tonified the blood category. Now, I should say that the traditional form of this, uh, the traditional formula actually says Xiaoyao rather than Bai Xiao. And Xiaoyao is nondescript. We have white peony, Bai Xiao, and we have red peony, which is Chur Xiao. And so Xiaoyao says uh, nondescript. It could be either the white or the red. Generally, white is considered the appropriate herb for this formula, but there are some uh, some some doctors who think churchow for certain situations might be a better choice. But uh, generally, we, we go with Baishao for this formula, the white peony. And what this does again is from the, the in the tonify the blood category of herbs, so it's good for the for the blood. And the formula, what it does uh, in general is it nourishes the yin, curbs liver yang and alleviates pain. Those are sort of traditional functions of, of Bai Xiao. In this formula, Scheid and his team says, it is the deputy herb, and it benefits the yin and contains the weak nutritive qi. And together, Guajir and Bai Xiao simultaneously enhance the ability of the protective qi to dispel pathogenic influences 
while strengthening the nutritive chi. For this reason, the formula is said to regulate both the protective and nutritive chi as well as harmonize their interaction. So really, the, the herbs that are doing the bulk of that work are this baishan and the guajir that we just talked about, the, the cinnamon twig. Those together are going to be harmonizing the yin and the way, the protective and the nour- nourishing chi. So the baishan works a little bit more on the nutritive chi, and guajir works a little bit more on the wei chi. Chen and Chen, for this herb, say something similar in that Bai Shao consolidates the body's interior, for example, yin and body fluids. And they say, together with Gui they harmonize Wei, defensive qi, and yin, nutritive qi. So very similarly. Gui is acrid and warm. Bai Shao is sour and cool. The former is dispersing in nature, while the later is nourishing. That's what Chen and Chen says. Those are, that's very similar, just slightly different terminology. Zingiveris rhizoma recens or Shenjiang. This is fresh ginger. And that's one of the herbs in here. We want nine grams of that in this formula. And again, this herb comes from the same one as Guajir. It comes from warm and acrid herbs that release the exterior. One of, and, and this is one of the assistants in this formula, and it helps the chief ingredient release the exterior while also treating the nausea and vomiting by warming the middle and directing qi downward. Chen Chen say, besides helping Guajir to dispel exterior wind and cold, Shen Jiang stops nausea and relieves dry heaves. Remember, dry heaves is one of those symptoms we could have. So this is a great herb for anything, nausea and vomiting, dry heaves, anything along those lines. So it makes a lot of sense that that's part of what we do here. So that's our, our third herb. Uh, let's go to our fourth herb. This one is jujube fructus dazao, or Chinese dates. That's the sort of common term for it. And traditionally, it says use 12 pieces. My understanding is that traditionally they were much smaller than they are today. Through selective breeding, we have much larger dazao than we used to. So uh, generally, in, in modern times, we use four pieces of this in the formula. And it comes from herbs that tonify the qi. So again, we're dealing with the two types of qi here, the yin and the wei qi, and they're, they, they ha- need a little bit of a boost. So that makes sense for this, for this herb to be in this formula. It's also an assistant herb along the, the same as Shenjiang. And Shai says, uh, sweet jujube fructus dazao helps the sour deputy nourish and harmonize the nutritive qi and blood. So this is really in support of what Bai Shao is doing in this in this formula the, to help support the the nutritive chi together both assistants as shenjiang and and the dazao uh, both assistants benefit the middle chi spleen which rises to regulate the nutritive and protective chi so we'll get into the spleen at some point but um, we look at it as a, as a major digestive organ in chinese medicine and uh, a major source of where we get chi between the lung um, getting chi from the breath and then the spleen getting chi from our food that's how we get qi. We'll get into that mechanism at some point. And Chen Chen just simply says it tonifies qi and body fluids, which are going to be helpful in this case. Our final ingredient is glycerisurae radix preparata, or zhergansau, which is honey-fried licorice is what it is. It's licorice root. We need six grams of that. And this herb is, again, in the herbs that tonify the qi. So just like the dad zao. So this is, again, going to support the qi of what we're doing here. So Shaida et al. says this is an envoy herb that harmonizes the actions of the other ingredients. Combining with Guajir and Shenjiang, 
to transform the yang aspects of the condition and with bai shao and da zhao to transform the yin aspects so interesting this is a very powerful herb used in i would say the the majority of our formulas very 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 common i would say the most commonly used herb in our formulas and it has this harmonizing uh action so very useful for that chen chai says something a little different starting by saying it acts as both an assistant and envoy herb so it does two roles rather than the one envoy as an assistant it helps guajer relieve aches and pains and helps bai shao benefit yin as an envoy it harmonizes the formula there you go so a little bit more uh, detail on the aspects of this so uh, really powerful all these herbs are really important herbs in our formulary and this is just an amazing combination of them so that's our ingredients for guajer tang how do we administer this? So traditionally, uh, the source text advises to coarsely grind the ingredients and decoct over a low flame in about seven cups of water to about three cups of liquid remains. So that's going to be a fairly long boil. So that's decocting means boil in water. So that makes sense. One cup is taken hot and hot rice gruel with hot rice gruel to induce sweating. So hot rice gruel in, in Chinese is is kanji or, or um, juk, if you're, if you're, speak more Cantonese. I think kanji is, is Mandarin and chuk is, is Cantonese. Uh, so uh, like a, a rice porridge is basically what we're talking about. If the first cup is successful, do not administer a second cup. If there's little sweating, repeat once or twice, progressively reducing the interval between doses. At present, however, the form, that's the traditional. At present, however, the, the formula is prepared as a decoction and is cooked no more than 20 minutes, then taken hot. Patient should bundle up to induce mild sweating, and when sweating occurs, stop administering the formula. So this is not a, a long-term formula in and of itself. It could be modified to be that way, but um, should be to get over the hump of, of this traditionally. So that is our administration. Let's get into the commentary. So there's lots of commentary on this. In fact, I, I could include most of it. It's just there's a lot, and this would be a three-hour uh, presentation, but... Um, so some of it, so I'm, I'm kind of picking and choosing some of the commentary. So Scheid and his team says, uh, the famous Shanghai physician Zhang Yao Qing, cited in contemporary explanations of classical formulas, sums up the many uses of this formula under 12 headings. I'm going to quickly go through them here. So one, harmonization of nutritive and protective tree. We've been talking about that. Two, releasing the muscle layer to promote sweating. We've been talking about that, how it affects the muscles and all that. Three, Yang deficiency with spontaneous sweating. So that's a little different. Four, insufficiency of stomach yang. Okay. Five, this is an interesting one. Running piglet chi with wheezing. So piglet chi, running piglet chi, is a whole category of diseases in Chinese medicine, which we have not touched upon. We're not going to touch. We're just slightly touching on right now. But that's an interesting one that we're going to talk about in the future. Six, deficiency cold pain in the lower abdomen causing cramping pains. Seven, wind dampness, painful obstruction. So this can be a lot of different sort of um, aches and pains. It's, it's an interesting uh, another category of herbs, of, of, of uh, conditions that we'll talk about at some point. Eight, deficiency wheezing. Nine, chronic spleen wind in children. 10, enriching yin and harmonizing yang. 11, frostbite, just frostbite. And 12, yin-type patterns in external medicine. So 
lots of different ways that this formula is used. Lots of different ways. Chen Chen say that Guizhou Tang is first presented in the Shanghan Lung, as we've mentioned, the discussion of cold-induced disorder, is designed to treat Taiyang wind syndrome. So this is getting into a whole nother category of, of things. But um, we, we talked about the Shanghan Lung discussion of cold-induced disorder. And what that book actually does is it talks about how an external wind pathogen gets it attacks the body from the outside, and then as it goes inside, what happens to the body? And all told, this is called um, the 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 six. Um, I can't remember the 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 term that's usually. It's not levels. We have the four levels and the six stages. Six stages. That's it. So it talks about the six stages, and Taiyang is the first of those six stages. So as a wind is uh, a wind cold attack is just starting to affect the body. So Taiyang wind syndrome refers to attack by wind-cold pathogenic factors at the body's exterior, with wind being the dominant pathogen. Unlike cold, which constricts the body, wind is dispersing and highly mobile in character. Wind usually attacks the exterior of the body and leaves after the attack, taking with it some of the body's wei or defensive qi. Wei defensive qi controls the opening and closing of the skin pores. The subsequent depletion of Wei Qi impairs the body's regulation of the skin pores. The pores are left open after the wind invasion, which allows Yang Qi to leak out of the body, carrying body fluids with it. Hence, patients will experience perspiration and aversion to wind. Note that perspiration, one of the key characteristics of the syndrome, is absent in Taiyang cold syndrome. And so, that's a different formula we're not going to get into, but it's a different formula when you have that sort of scenario. Since cold is also involved in Taiyang wind syndrome, stagnation of qi and blood and obstruction of the channels may also occur, causing headache and neck stiffness. However, the severity of the headache and neck stiffness seen in Taiyang wind syndrome is much less than that found in Taiyang cold syndrome. So these are just two different types of the Taiyang stage that, I was, that we're talking about. So we have wind, wind type and cold type. Since the disease is at the exterior, the tongue coating is still normal. The pulse, superficial and moderate or superficial and weak, indicates an exterior deficiency syndrome. So that's Chen Chen's comment on this. Let's move on and talk about <coughs> modifications. So many, many modifications as well as important derivative formulas are based on this, for, on this formula. Here are some of the derivative formulas according to Huang. He has a, because this is a formula family, he talks a lot about different similar formulas to graze your tongue. So if you add aconite radix lateralis preparata or gerfudza, this is aconite, uh, one of our really useful but toxic herbs, has to be prepared properly sort of thing, if you add that herb in, Jerfudza, um, to get cinnamon twig plus aconite accessory root decoction, or Guajir Ja Fudza Tang, and this treats uh, those with a cinnamon twig decoction presentation who have intense joint pain and cold sweat. So um, uh, it's the joint pain that you would add in the aconite. That's why you'd add in the aconite. And cold sweats, definitely. If you add in Magnolia officinalis, Cortex or Hopo and Armini 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 
semen, which is shingren or, or um, um, uh, I want to say apricot seed. It's one of the fruit seeds. Uh, it's not apricot, I don't think. I'm totally blanking on it. Um, no, uh, yeah, to get cinnamon twig decoction plus, oh, yeah, it is apricot. I'm right. Um, <laughs> to get cinnamon twig decoction plus magnolia bark and apricot kernels. If I just continue reading, we'd know that. Apricot seeds. Grazier Jia Hopo Xing Zitang. That's the Chinese for that. This formula treats cinnamon twig decoction presentation with fullness in the chest, abdominal distension, cough, panting, and profuse sputum. So, magnolia bark is really good at opening up and, and dispersing dampness. Apricot kernels are good for treating cough and, and phlegm in the, in the lungs. So, that's, so if you have a, a cough with this sort of thing, that's, this is the formula you want to use. Cinnamon twig decoction with double the dosage of peony radix alba by Shao and adding in ray radix rhizoma or da huang. That's, <coughs> excuse me, rhubarb root. Becomes cinnamon twig plus rhubarb decoction or guizhou jia da huang tang. This treats those with a cinnamon twig constitution who suffer from constipation. So rhubarb root is, is what we call purgative herbs. So if you have sort of the cinnamon twig sort of presentation and you have constitution, then this is a great formula for that. Adding astragali radix huang chi or astragalus, great cinnamon twig plus astragalus decoction or guizhou jia huang chi tang. This formula treats spontaneous night and yellow sweating, edema, and urinary difficulty. Adding in ginseng radix or renshen, that's uh, ginseng, and increasing the dosages of peony radix alba, baishao, and zingiberis rhizoma ganjiang. Um, so this is, ganjiang is an interesting one because um, that's not, we have fresh ginger. The ganjiang is dried ginger, but this creates a newly, it creates a new formula called newly augmented decoction or xingjiatang. Uses to treat excessive sweating, palpitations, dizziness, and poor appetite. And our last derivative formula we're going to talk about here is we add in Puraria radix or Gugin, and this creates cinnamon twig decoction plus kudzu, guizhou jia gugen tang, and uses this formula to treat cinnamon twig decoction presentation accompanied by a stiff neck and upper back or diarrhea. Gugin helps with all that. So there you go. So that's our modifications, our, our sort of there are other modifications. You can add in a couple of herbs here and there and do things. There's a lot of those, so I didn't want to get into it. I thought it would be more useful to kind of talk about um, formulas that are easily derived from this. And so that's what we did with, with this. So now let's compare this with at least two other formulas. Uh, that's what we're going to talk about, two other formulas. Why would you use one versus the other? So the first one is uh, jade windscreen powder. So both jade windscreen powder, a yuping feng san, and guizhoutang treat exterior vacuity. So right there, they have a lot in common. Guizhoutang is for relatively acute conditions with aversion to cold and fever, and sweating does not resolve the condition. In this case, the exterior is vacuous or deficient, but the pathogen is strong. Yuping feng san is for ongoing chronic conditions with spontaneous sweating, with aversion to drafts and recurrent colds. This is vacuity of normal chi, not being strong enough to prevent wind pathogens from re-entering after they have been dispersed. So really the big difference is one's for acute conditions, the other's for chronic conditions. Both minor construct the middle decoction or xiao jian zhang tang, 
and guajirtong harmonize the nutritive and protective qi and are used to treat fever with aversion to wind and cold. Guajirtong, because it contains guajir, focuses on the releasing and uh, uh, on releasing the muscle air and is used in cases of exterior wind cold obstructs the nutritive qi with middle burner of acuity signs such as diarrhea. Xiaojian Zhang Tang treats vacuity in the interior with deficient yin and yang, leading to symptoms of interior wind, such as spasmodic pain. So the grazier Tang is more external, which we know, uh, and uh, the Xiaojian Zhang Tang, or the minor constructive middle decoction, is more internal. So that's the big thing. They both harmonize the yin and the shui, or the yin and the wei, but they, uh, they, they come from different places. So what are some biomedical indications for this formula? We talked about a few earlier. Let's get into a few more. This formula is used for quite a few different biomedical conditions grouped as follows according to Shide and his team. And these include febrile diseases, which is kind of the main thing. You get sick. You know, that's the idea here. Uh, another grouping is problems marked by an upward gushing or surging sensation in the trunk, including cardiovascular disease, Myocarditis or an inflammation of the of the of the heart, premature ventricular contractions, paroxysmal atrial tachycardia. That's a particular type of rapid heartbeat. Sick sinus syndrome. Well, you might think about nose with that, but it actually refers to the heart. It's a specific condition of the heart, and functional cardiac disorder. So this gets into that Huang Wang. What one of those key aspects? Remember, under one Huang Wang is that there's that upward gushing sort of sensation can also be used for allergic disorders, just as a, as a grouping. And then the fourth and final grouping here is miscellaneous disorders, such as hemiplegia or you know, um, paralysis on one half of the body. Neutropenia, which is uh, not having enough neutrophils, which are um, blood, blood uh, constituent that's for, for uh, protective. It actually protects us. It's, it's, uh, used for externally for, for colds and, and uh, fevers and influenza and things like that. So neutropenia is not having enough of that. Hyperactivity, enuresis, remember enuresis means um, uh, bedwetting, so it's for children. Perimenopausal syndrome, hypotension, that's too little blood, too low blood uh, pressure, and diffuse esophageal spasms. So these are spasms of your esophagus. The science behind this, as reported in Chen and Chen, there are quite a few Chinese studies that help that report helping the following conditions. Uh, I'm I'm not going to talk about these, but if you're looking at the the slide, I have an n equals and a number after it. That's how many people subjects were in the these particular cases. And if we look at them, um, there's anywhere from about the lowest is 20 and the most is 43. So they're the I would say these are Borderline statistically valid. Usually we want 30 to 40, the end to be 30 to 40 before we can start applying statistics and have some validity to it. So um, these are all borderline. Uh, they're, they're small numbers. So keep that in mind as I, as I mentioned these conditions. Uh, but again, a lot of these are traditional. So for example, fever, uh, common cold, bronchial asthma, atrial ventricular block, which we've mentioned before, testicular pain, sciatica, so that's back, lower back pain going down the leg, Allergic purpura, uh, itching, frostbite, enuresis in young children, hyperactivity disorder. So I, I kind of mentioned these earlier. 
as indications. And so there is some science to back it up a little bit, but little science would be the way I would say it. There are um, some potential drug herb interactions with this formula. Uh, ginger, so the, the fresh ginger, the Xinjiang, potentially interferes with anticoagulants. So we want to be a little bit cautious if someone's on an anticoagulant like a warfarin or a clopidogrel or something along those lines. And uh, if you see here, it says level C evidence, which all of these, uh, these first two are both level C. And what that means is that it is human. I, I don't put in level D evidence in these. There's just a giant long list of it. And it's just most of it is expert opinion in animal research or even just bench research. They did test tubes in vitro um, stuff. So none of that actually indicates that it has those effects in humans. So I don't like putting level D um, when we have limited time along these lines. But level C is starting to go, okay, now we're starting to see this in humans. They're often like uh, a case study or a couple case studies or a small case series. So like it's happened, we've seen it clinically in a, in a couple people. So again, it may not have broad implications for the whole population, but there's some indications that this can happen in humans and that's level C evidence. So that's, that's where we come with this. So um, ginger, at least in humans, potentially may interfere with anticoagulants. And then licorice, um, in, in this case is gonsao, it's just the straight licorice, it's not the, the honey fried licorice, but licorice may, uh, gonsao may increase blood pressure. And we know that to be a function of, of gonsao. And I think the honey frying from a Chinese perspective kind of reduces that a little bit, but of course it's inherent in the, in the, in the actual plant. So there's still some aspect of that. So we do need to be careful about that. And then for those of you who um, are up on your drug herb interactions, I talk about, uh, when I talk about drug herb interactions, there are four or five major uh, risk factors for drug herb interactions. And one of the, the, the bigger ones is in, in, in our interactions with cytochrome P450, which is an enzyme that is used to, to break down herbs and, and um, get them to a place where they can be excreted easily. And so Xinjiang has uh, both, uh, Xinjiang and Gansao have some, some potential for interactions with cytochrome P450. In um, Xinjiang's case, it inhibits several of them, including 3A4, 3A4, is the one that the majority, probably the majority of drugs utilize in order to metabolize. So when 3A4 is affected, that's a subtype of cytochrome P450. Um, when that's affected, it's more likely to cause a drug herb interaction. And Gonsal, rather than inhibits, induces uh, a couple 2C9 and, and that 3A4 that we were just talking about. So there are some, some interaction potentials here. Um, it's interesting, Xinjiang inhibits what Gonsal induces, so they're kind of doing opposite effects. I don't know what that means uh, in vitro um, when you're taking this formula in, I mean, not in vitro, in vivo, um, in life, in human life. I don't know what that means. You know, does it, do they cancel each other out? Does one stronger than another? I don't know. Uh, but at least theoretically, we have some potential for drug of interactions uh, with these things. So we have to keep that in mind here. What are some concerns about this formula? So uh, according to Scheid and his team, contraindicated in most cases with exterior cold and interior heat. Should not be used in patients with internal heat as nosebleeds may occur. Is contraindicated in patients with internal damp heat. This is not going to be good for that. Should, uh, and it should be used with caution during the summer or spells of hot weather. So the, the, the fear here is that we're going to overly warm the person because this is 
pretty strongly warming. If incorrectly prescribed or if overdose, profuse sweating, high fever, severe thirst, palpitations, and irritability may occur. And to counteract this, you should prescribe white tiger plus ginseng decoction or bahi ja renchen tonk. So there is a, there's a, n a good antidote in case you overdose or, or do something, uh, use this inappropriately. So according to Chen Chen, since guajir tong is indicated for patients with exterior vacuity wind cold syndrome, porridge should be consumed after taking this corner. So that's that, that kanji, that juk that I was talking about earlier. If you've never made it, it's super easy to make. You put, you know, normally when we make rice, you put uh, a cup of rice in like a cup or two of water and you boil it. And, or I like to use a, a rice cooker. Um, in for a rice porridge, you do that same cup of rice, but now you're using six, seven, eight cups of water to make a very loose sort of soup from the rice, and that's porridge. So really easy to make. This formula is, again, continuing with Chen Chen, this formula is contraindicated in Taiyang cold syndrome. So remember, they, they talked a lot about Taiyang wind syndrome. This is not the formula for cold syndrome because Guajir is not strong enough to dispel excess cold. This formula is contraindicated in patients with wind heat syndrome, exterior cold and interior heat, absence of perspiration with irritability, exterior excess conditions without perspiration, or beginning stages of febrile disorders with fever, sore throat, and thirst. They continue, during the course of the disease, avoid foods that are raw, cold, greasy, sticky, fatty, spicy, spoiled, or rotten. In other words, be easygoing on your, on your stomach, on your digestion. Foods such as alcohol, meat, cheese, garlic, leeks, scallions, onions, and products that are fermented or preserved should be avoided. And finally, this formula is contraindicated in patients who drink alcohol frequently since alcohol tends to cause damp heat accumulation. So you don't want to add to that. So there you go. Those are our concerns for uh, Guajir Tong. That is pretty much it for Guajir Tong. We covered a lot. I hope you understand the importance of this formula and how useful it can be, and especially uh, just getting the tip of the iceberg about how many other formulas are derived from this. And we just literally just did the tip of the iceberg on it. There's a lot of other formulas that can be considered part of this Guajir Tong family. So very fascinating herb for that scenario. On our next episode of Spurbs Herbs, we'll be looking at one of my favorite individual Chinese herbs, Boha or Menthe Haplocalysis Herba, commonly known as peppermint. This tasty herb is also an important Chinese herb used in many formulas and alone. And of course, there will be something different in every episode. So why don't you make yourself a cup of peppermint tea? I know I'll be making some, some from my garden peppermint. And join us for our next episode. Thank you very much for, for being here and listening. Uh, just as a reminder, when you buy from Amazon, please use the banner ad on our homepage at spurbserbs.com. That would be helpful. I get a few pennies. I haven't had a few pennies for a while, so that would be nice. If you like this podcast, the other thing is you can please do us a huge favor. Give us a five-star rating in your favorite podcast app. That would be immensely helpful. And thank you for considering that. And 
as always, you can get in touch with me at my email address at drgreg at spurbsherbs.com or at our website, www.spurbsherbs.com. There you go. Thank you very much. And as usual, we have a bibliography. Spurbs Herbs. The proceeding was presented by Dr. Greg Sperber. We would like to thank Janelle for all her support and everybody else who contributed to this program. Janelle. Timothy Dobbins. Rogers. Campbell.